Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Reconciled Revival. Once again, I'm your host Kyle and I'm glad you're here today. Today's going to be our first sermon style episode where I'm going to go into a sermon about temptation and the way Satan tries to distract us and lose trust in God. Um, Out of inspiration from the late great Tim Keller, my daughters are going to be doing a scripture reading at the beginning. And that's primarily where this message is going to come from. I'll bounce around to a couple other places, but the meat and potatoes will come out of the scripture reading from my daughters. I really hope you enjoy the show, and if you do, please give us a share and just help us get the word out. Thank you guys so much. Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And then the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. These are the words of God. So we're starting today right after John the Baptist has baptized Jesus. And this is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. I thought it would be kind of fitting to begin my ministry with the beginning of Jesus's ministry because he's the man that I aspire to live like. Um, So we're moving along here and we see um, at the very end of chapter 3, chapter 3, verse 17, here we see God opening up the sky after Jesus' baptism and saying that he, Jesus is his beloved son and that he is well pleased. Um, that's something I need you to make mental note of that we'll come back to in a minute. But then moving into our scripture reading, we have the beginning of chapter 4. And the first thing we see here is that Jesus is led by the Spirit to the wilderness to be tempted. So here we have God leading Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted. Now, God will lead us to an area where we can be tempted, but it is important to note that God will not tempt us. But he will put us in situations where temptation will arise. So, where did he take Jesus to be tempted? Or where did the Spirit lead to Jesus to be tempted? The wilderness. This is a common setting that we see throughout the Bible in different places. From the book of Exodus, um, we see the Israelites were led. Um, from Egypt into the wilderness. Uh, we see John the Baptist has gone to preach in the wilderness. So, But what is the wilderness here? Um, we, I'm at, a lot of us imagine a desert or a place like that. Um, but the Oxford defines wilderness as an uncultivated, uninhabited, and inhospitable region. So it is devoid of the, necess- the things necessary for physical well-being. It's barren. You're alone. It's desolate. And it leaves you weak. Now, why is this important? Why did God lead Jesus into wilderness? Because in that weakness, in your physical weakness, in that solitude, you become ripe for temptation. It's where temptation can be its strongest. So that that is why the Spirit led Jesus out into the wilderness. Now, like I said before, God will not tempt us, but he will allow us to be tempted and you may wonder why that is well it allows us to grow 
See, temptation can lead to one of two places. It either directs us towards sin or towards obedience. <clears throat> now, sin, if we choose to go that route, if we fall subject to the temptation and we decide to go towards the sin route, it always directs us to destruction and chaos. It's that thing, that destructive behavior, that thing that tears us down. Even though it may make us feel better for a little bit, it tears us down. Now we have the other way, which is obedience. Obedience brings us closer to God. And it builds our trust in God. Because it may take a little bit longer, but we realize that God will work things out in the end. So as we see here, Jesus is led to the wilderness by the Spirit. And he spent 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. Now, other Gospels in the Bible tell us that Jesus was tempted for that 40 days. And I have no doubt that he was. But here I think Matthew's trying to capture the climax of this battle, the ultimate battle between good and evil. So, he gives us that 40 days of fasting to kind of set the stage. And it says, he was hungry. Jesus was hungry. But he was trusting God's plan. He was trusting his father, and he went out there, not not willing to to provide for himself, but just to trust in the father. And then, in this weakness, in this spiritual, alone, and physical weakness, we see the tempter. And he comes to Jesus, and he says, If you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Now I want you to think back to chapter 3 verse 17 that I read at the very beginning there where God opens up the skies and tells Jesus that he is his son. And now here we have the devil saying, if you are the son. This is much like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden when, when the serpent approaches them. He approaches Eve and he makes her question God. He said, did God really say not to eat? of this tree did he he didn't deny the existence of god but he casted that doubt on god in her mind and that's what the tempter is trying to do here to jesus he says if you are the son of god turn these stones to bread jesus had the capability to turn those stones to bread that would have been easy for jesus we've seen him feed thousands of people with very little food he could surely feed one with some stones that he turned to bread so what does jesus do how does jesus react to this temptation he answers it is written this is the first of three times we see jesus go to scripture when the devil tempts him when satan comes to him and tries to tempt him with power with his provenance in his physical temptation right here, we see Jesus go to Scripture. How powerful is that? That the man that can do all these miracles that he will go on to do, the man that is the living God, goes to his Father's Word in this moment of temptation. And he says, he quotes Deuteronomy 8.3 and says, Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, when we, when we look at this, I want us to take a, an important look at that word alone, a close look at the word alone, bread alone. Here, Jesus is acknowledging that he does need food. He is human. 
he does need food, but there's something else there. It's it's what's not included kind of in that saying that draws me in. And it's saying that he gives, like, he's giving insight to this is more than just a test of physical need. Jesus also hungers in the spirit. He's been out there alone, desolate. He's hungry physically and he's hungry spiritually. He needed the food, but he was denying it because he was trusting God that God would give him everything he needed during this time in the wilderness. He wanted God's plan to be complete. He was allowing God to work and putting his trust in his Father. This is Jesus' physical temptation. Turn the stones to bread. Do what feels good right now. Fix your problem by yourself, selfishly, right now. Now, if Jesus would have turned those stones to bread, that would have been a selfish act because Jesus would have been using his power to serve himself. And as we go on to find out throughout Jesus' ministry that that's not what Jesus was about. He was sent here to serve, not to be served. And he's setting that example right here, right now, when nobody will see it but him, Satan, and God. And he's saying, I am not going to be selfish. I am going to be selfless. Now today, not many of us here listening to this podcast or going about our lives, we don't journey out into the wilderness. Um, I mean, unless you're a crazy explorer, but you go out prepared. Nobody just journeys out into the wilderness completely unprepared but that doesn't mean we aren't subjected to the attributes of the wilderness that doesn't mean we aren't facing our own personal wildernesses right now mentally and spiritually we often find ourselves alone and in an inhospitable region inside of ourselves we let our circumstances take control and we're beaten by the fallen world that we live in the people around us are fighting their own problems. So we won't go and lay our problems on them. We bottle those problems up. We keep them inside. And the next thing we know, we've stranded ourselves in a sea of emotion. And we have no visible escape. This is our wilderness. This is where our fight takes place. And that tempter shows up. And he says, right now, do what feels good. Take care of yourself because nobody else is going to. He tells you to do what feels good now, just like he did when Jesus was out in the wilderness. He shows up and he says, you know what? If you drink that bottle over there, you can drown your sorrows. You'll forget every one of them. You can take those pills in the cabinet and you won't remember anything. It'll all be good. He gives us distraction after distraction, whether it be the cell phone, the TV, whatever it is. He gives us distractions to take our eyes off the wilderness that, we, that we're currently in. He doesn't want us to see. He doesn't want us to look up. Because I can tell you, if you look up when you're sitting alone in that wilderness, you'll see a hill. And on that hill, you'll see a cross. 
He doesn't want you to see that cross. He wants you in the wilderness where he can feed on your hopelessness and he can give you all the answers to feel good right now. He doesn't want you to look to the horizon. He doesn't want you to see that cross on that hill and he doesn't want you to see the light shining on the other side of that cross because he knows he knows that that's your way out of the wilderness but he wants you there he knows if we fight the temptation we're going to end up walking in the shadow of that cross casted by that light on the other side he knows we're going to walk into the one to the arms of the one who went before us who died so that we would know that there's a way out So, he doesn't want us to pass through that cross, pass through death, and into that light on the other side of the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but I cannot turn stones into bread. None of us can. There are a lot of things that we can't do that Jesus could do. And a lot of times we're told we need to live like Jesus. We need to be like Jesus. And there's so many times where we are guaranteed to fall short. But we can turn suffering into growth. We can resist the immediate relief for the ultimate relief. We can respond in scripture just as Jesus did. Now there's many, many things that we're going to fall short of whenever we try to emulate Jesus. But I can promise you this. When you're sitting alone in that wilderness and you're out there and everything's trying to get you to look down and get you to look away from that cross. I'm telling you right now that you can look up. You can respond in scripture. You can open up that Bible and you can spit in that devil's face. And you can tell him that you are not going to be stuck out there with him. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. God has led you to this wilderness for a reason. Trust him in all your heart. He is the way out. I wish I could tell you why you're there or how long you will be fasting for. But I can't lean on my own understanding and you can't lean on yours. Like a child, we will question and complain. But not yet do we get to understand God's plan. We have to trust it. And all you do, praise and worship and he will make straight your path. I can tell you, the shadow casted by that cross, that's a straight path. And if you stay in the shadow of that cross and you walk that straight path and you keep your eyes on God, it doesn't matter how bad the wilderness gets. It doesn't how many, matter how many times that tempter comes to you and tries to get you to veer away. If you stay in the shadow of that cross, you will cross through that cross with death, cross of death into Christ. And you will walk into the light and you will know eternal life. I have no doubt in my mind of that. That's what the whole entire narrative of the Bible is. It's the devil trying to get us away from God. So in everything you do, in everything you do, acknowledge him. 
trust in him, feel his love, and stay in the shadow of the cross. All right, guys, so that was it. That was the first sermon um, podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I really, I really got passionate um, when I was doing my research for this and when I was writing it last night. And I really just hope it helps somebody out. Um, so now I'm just going to pray us out and um, send you about your way and hope that you stay in the shadow of that cross. So if you could, I mean, if you're, if you're driving, please do not. But if you could, if you have the opportunity, please bow your heads. And you can pray with me. You can pray your own prayer. Or you can just sit there and listen to mine. However you want to speak to God is up to you. Um, But I'm going to lead us in a short prayer. And thank you again so much for listening. Dear God, thank you so much for the platform and the technologies that you've given us now so we can reach so many people. Thank you for helping us grow and learn and how to trust in you. Thank you for giving us Jesus. And thank you for giving us the cross on the hill. Thank you for shining your light over that cross so that we have a path to follow. Thank you for making us whole and reconciling yourself to us. In the Lord's name we pray. Amen.